Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. Joining him by Joyce Ng. And we're talking about uh, the Oscar race here. We a, a month 30 days from now, basically, or when the Academy Awards are April 25th, recording this on March 25th, and it already feels over. Uh, Nomadland, uh, Best Picture winner after winning PGA last night in a preferential ballot. Uh, what do you, Joyce, what is left to say about Nomadland uh, um, cruising yeah, to Best Picture? It seems. Yeah, so we have a month left, so I don't know. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be, you know, four weeks of people, like, floating theories about possible upsets and you know long shots possibly winning which you know we can't completely rule out but it, it just it doesn't look good <laughs> for no, anyone uh, no man land has won everything it really needed to uh among the, no no weakness none among yeah. the gold derby experts 12 uh have winning best picture including both of us congratulations to us uh, for predicting that right now. Uh, Minari, a distant second with only two experts predicting. And then Trial of Chicago 7 and Promising a Woman and Mank, uh, all with one expert prediction at the moment. Doesn't mean that they will not change to Nomadland uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, had, I, I thought Minari could uh, maybe make a play. I, I guess we'll see. I still think it'll win SAG Ensemble. So I think yeah, that'll I be think a good boost ensemble. for it. I just think I, like... There's not, I, I, I guess at this point in the race and voting hasn't even started yet, but I feel like it would need to have potential, potentially more momentum than it does at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like at this point last year in the race, there was definitely like, a, oh, Parasite momentum is really building and maybe it's not going to, you know, it's going to take down 1917 as the presumed front runner at the time. And I don't feel the same way with Minari. I just don't think it has that same kind of momentum yet. I mean, it doesn't mean it won't. And that may be that, but I, I only could only see one of those two movies winning. Uh, Chicago 7, I don't think I'll make it. Same with Promising a Woman. I don't know. Yeah, like the problem with these, you know, other contenders uh, trying to topple Nomadland now is like none of them feel strong enough. Like they all have some great deficit because, okay, so you know, in three of the last five years, the PJ winner did not win Best Picture. Last year, 1917, La La Land, and The Big Short. But in all those races, it was competitive. Like the Big Short year, it was a three-way race with Spotlight and The Revenant, and they all had, you know, other things going for it. They, they, you knew they were like gonna win other Oscars, you know? 
And then La La Land had Moonlight. Like that was like the underdog. And it was, it had like a locked acting win. And once it was moved to adapt it for screenplay, you knew it was winning that. Um, and last year, you know, Parasite was the crowd pleaser. You know, everyone was sort of doubting it a little bit because, you know, it's in Korean, foreign language, but it was the movie everyone loved and it hit everything too, basically. So there's not really like anyone like that this year. Like, I think we all want it to be something like, you know, a lot of us wanted to be Minari, but it underperformed at Globes, you know, it didn't get the other nominations like Parasite did, even though it's not eligible in drama. Um, it didn't even make the BAFTA film long list. <laughs> uh, it wasn't eligible at WGA. So it, it couldn't even like win that um, and have like the SAG WGA combo. But I don't think it would have beaten Promising Young Woman anyway. So, and it's not guaranteed to win any category at the Oscars. Like the most you can say is supporting actress, but that is, you know, completely up in the air still. And Trial Chicago 7, I think that was something, you know, we've discussed in the fall as a possible Best Picture winner. And I know you predicted it at one point. I did at one point, yeah. But, you know, as it's unfolded, it's, it's also weak and it hasn't, it doesn't even have like, like last year, like Hollywood, it at least won like the Comedy Globe. And, you know, a lot of us thought it would win the Drama Globe and it, Nomadland won that. So Nomadland has everything. Yeah. <laughs> so. I would say a couple of caveats there too, or, or additional points to make on that. I think you're 100% right. The other thing is I think in all those races where, where the PGA winner separated from Best Picture, there was more of, you know, a quote unquote award season villain, let's say, or like a movie that had more demerits, I think, than no, mm-hmm. like nobody, like La La Land was, had a huge amount of backlash on, on like Twitter and stuff, even if people in hindsight and maybe still really like it. Seven right. Seven percent. So, that was like definitely like the movie that people wanted to see taken down a peg. And like you said, Moonlight was so, there was so much enthusiasm for Moonlight. Same with like last year, I think 1917 maybe wasn't like intensely disliked in certain corners, like a La La Land was, but uh, it's not, I think people were like looking to take that down and certainly were like, Ugh, uh, another war movie. You know what I mean? It just didn't have like, I think there was more of, it was more of an antagonist to Parasite. And then like Big Short that year and Revenant, both those movies I think had, like a lot of detractors, a lot more divisive. divisive. And I think this year, Nomad, like nobody, like Nomadland is actually like both like the, it's like, I don't know. It's like the front runner. That's also the the consensus. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's it's such a small movie. It's totally unlike a movie that would win best picture. Right. It doesn't have like, it's like one act, like two major stars, a bunch of non-actors, like a director that people really love a small movie a uh, very personal story. I don't know. I just feel like it's like, it is the underdog and it is like, it's just like, nobody is gonna, it almost is the consensus. It's like, oh, like this movie is good. No one thinks it's bad or like objectionable really uh, to make like a anti-campaign for it. So it just feels like it is the best of all those worlds. And like you said, none of the other movies really have a ton of passion for them. I will say with Chicago 7, to because like you said, I did predict it. I think if it was a normal Oscar season, I still don't think it would have won based on how this has played out, but I think if the Oscars were uh, six weeks ago, like they were last year. They're over by now. (laughs) If they were long over by now, I think it just like, I think it peaked at the wrong time because it came out in October. I think there was a lot of buzz around it like towards the end of the year. And I think that it just, it just, it's just too done. I just think it's like, you know, Nomadland came out 
in February, right? It was like not, even though it was at all the festivals and people had been talking about it for five months, it, it, it was really more in the conversation in the last like six weeks, same with Minari. And like that I think really helps those films because I think Chicago 7 people are like, oh, that came out a million years ago. And like you said, like it doesn't have without Sorkin as director, it just feels like it's not going to happen. So yeah, I don't know. But I do think Nomadland then ends up being like the choice. I guess then the question comes, which we've kind of talked about before this, was like, how many Oscars does it win? It had six nominations. I mean, it's it could a, win all six. It could win all six. Right now it's, it's favored to win four, I believe, right? So it'll win Best Picture, Best Director Chloe Zhao is somehow even more of a slam dunk than Best Picture. Every Oscar, I think every expert, yeah, all 17 who have predicted have her winning. Uh, it would be a tremendous upset if she knew in Best Director. Best Adapted Screenplay is another one that I think is a locked-in uh, victory. 13 experts have it winning there. And then Best Cinematography, it is the overwhelming favorite as well. The other two categories then are Best Editing and Best Actress. So Best Editing is running way behind in third between uh, Sound of Metal and Chicago 7. I think we both have Sound of Metal winning that. Yes, I do. And I still think uh, it could and probably will. But that would give, if that plays out, if she actually does win Best Editing, that would give her four Oscars to tie Walt Disney's record. And I wonder if that'll be enough of a momentum thing to make people be like, let's just let, let have Chloe Zhao win. I, I, I guess know. I guess it depends on if people also know that she edited, because in the right. crafts, their names they don't aren't say on it. the ballot. Right. So, so they that would could have be... to know she did it. And they're not like, I feel like that's like the least promoted part of her narrative, right? Like it's like people oh, yeah, know she wrote like it and directed it. She's going to be the second woman to win directing. Right. Asian woman to win directing as well. Right. So, yeah. So that I, like, yeah. It could, yeah. There is a very real possibility that they just check it down the ballot since, you know, it does seem like they really, you know, at the very least like this movie since it's basically sweeping everything. Um, and, you know, I think four is, it feels right for it because in this, the preferential era, most of the uh, the top winners of the night have like three or four. I think the last right. three years, the top winners only had four Oscars mm-hmm. um, and La La Land won six. So right. if, so yeah, it, if it went six for six, it would match La La Land with best picture. Um, <laughs> so, that would be nuts. Yeah, editing, Editing, I, I have Sound of Metal because there is a very strong link with uh, the sound categories yes. and editing. And it's not, people make the, the whiplash comparison with Sound of Metal just because they're drummers, but it's completely differently edited um, from whiplash. But yeah, I have that. And I know a lot of people have Chicago just because it's so flashy and there's like quick cuts. But I, I kind of feel like it will just be blanked. Like I don't have it winning anything. I kind of <laughs> like, don't have it winning anything editing winner. Either. Like the last time that happened was a girl with a dragon tattoo, another Fincher year. <laughs> and I also think that like, again, like people are not, you know, I think with this, with the Chicago seven, I think it's like, people still think of Aaron Sorkin as a writer, obviously not a director. And I think when you're talking about it as like a best picture, a performance movie, the nomination for Sasha Baron Cohen, right. And then like his screenplay, I just think like the editing, even if it's good and like, it is a lot and there is like a lot of like, cross-cutting and so much of the momentum of the movie is just from like cutting from scene to scene and he has a bunch of montages there's at least I think three where it's just it's like cutting between different uh like uh scene like settings and everything and it just like keeps building and building and building 
So I, I do think the editing is actually quite good, but I just think mentally people are going to be like, no, <laughs> they're not going to consider it like as an editing movie. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. It's not like, it's not the same as like Bohemian Rhapsody, your favorite movie. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Editing. Cause that also had a lot of editing, but people clearly love that movie. And I don't think people love this movie. Correct. I think that's the difference. And I think Sound of Metal, I would argue they really love, right? Like yeah. if the nominations that got it really performed strongly, like we, I think we've talked about. So I was like, yeah, I think Sound of Metal could win. So that would leave Nomadland with four. And then the other option would be Best Actress for Frances McDormand. Uh, she would already get a third Oscar for producing. Uh, so yeah. she'll have another Oscar already uh, uh, on Sunday, on uh, Sunday, April 25th. Congratulations, Frances McDormand in advance. Uh, but now we've got a potential for her to get a third best actress win and second in three years. Uh, which is crazy. <laughs> which is pretty wild. And I would say very possible. I, again, I still have Carrie Mulligan winning. It seems like uh, most experts do. 13 experts so far have her winning. Uh, Frances McDormand, a distant second with Andre Day at two. I, I still think it could happen. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, again, to go back to like my point about Chicago 7, I feel like the promising of learn buzz really peaked in a normal Oscar year at the right time for it to do really well. It still did incredibly well at the nominations. It's the only one with, along with Nomadland to get a uh, picture director, actor, editing, screenplay, right? So like, that's like a great group and uh, certainly a potential then for best picture upset, I guess. But I just feel like her whole campaign really peaked early. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just think like he's like she's not nominated BAFTA, which was we all kind of assumed she would be. So she has to win at SAG. Golden Globes happened a million years ago. Nobody even remembers, and she didn't even win there. So, so maybe uh, they, they forgot that she lost. So they could forget that she <laughs> lost. She won a Critics' Choice, which also happened a million years ago, uh, and nobody watched or really saw. So uh, no offense to our friends at the Critics' Choice Awards. So I just feel like. She needs to win at SAG to get people to remember, oh, there's Carrie Mulligan, even however they're going to, even in their pre-taped uh, Zoom video conference, like having her give a speech, I think would be really potent for her candidacy. And without that, if Frances McDormand ends up winning there, I could just see her kind of steamrolling through, but I don't know, am I, am, I, am I way off? What do you think? No, I think, I mean, like the actress, both actress races are the only open races right now, basically. Right. Um, yeah, congratulations and, to Chadwick Boseman uh, and Daniel Kaluuya uh, yeah. for their acting wins, which seem pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. But yeah, actress, like, I mean, I have Carrie too. And I think when um, Promising Young Woman got those four Globe nominations, including drama film, you're like, oh, like, Carrie's gonna win and then it went with Andra who is snubbed at SAG but you could just blame that on late screeners because they love early screeners over there um and she didn't even make the BAFTA long list for actress so so she she's been done since the Globes um because she lost a critic's choice but yeah Carrie needs SAG and I think if she gets SAG I wouldn't say she's a lock like Chadwick or Daniel but she would be a more solid front runner um I think I'm like emboldened by the fact that uh Promising Moment did well at BAFTA and you know they have like the jury uh, this year for the acting categories 
with like seven to 12 people. So it's just like her luck that those seven to 12 people assigned to Best Actress did not pick her. Like maybe if she got another jury, she would have been nominated. Right. But because her film did so well, I I don't know. Like maybe this is like not like a good correlation. Like they would still vote for her when they have the chance to, you know, like the British block. Like I still believed in the father. Like I know a lot of people didn't and I predicted it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in like production design and editing and got in. Um, you know, and so I, I feel like they could still come through for her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see, I definitely, it's not like, like I said, I'm still predicting her to win. I'm not going to, after, after we hang up here, I'm not going to go change it. I'm going to leave yeah, her at in least there. Not but, until SAG. If she at least not SAG. until SAG. Yeah. But I would say the one thing I've noticed, at least in the, like, it seems like the conversations around Promising a Woman have been focused solely on Emerald Fennel not really as much on on Carrie Mulligan's performance it's a movie and even though she is the like she is the movie and the performance really does I think make a lot of the movie uh it is definitely like Emerald Fennell's screenplay and you know her directing and all these different things that has been like at least since the nominations the thing that people have been really excited about more so than Carrie and I don't I would argue the same thing with Nomadland because like you know even though it's French McDormand's, you know, the whole movie, it's like Chloe Zhao has been like the conversation point. But I just think that like, if that is the case, then I still think like French McDormand could win because like more people like Nomadland, right? Seemingly, if they're going to have it win everything. Uh, and then maybe they're just like, well, you know, I love Nomadland so much. The reason I love it is because French McDormand is so incredible in it. Uh, and it's like, you know, I don't know. So I could, I could see that happening and I could see her like anti- campaign campaign kind of like paying off especially this year when it's just as like you know it's obviously like the, <laughs> yeah like the world is so different and like people are just like maybe not as enthused at the idea of like campaigning in general so like to see her like kind of do this and, in the way that she wants to do it uh you know maybe that's appealing that said I still have Carrie Mulligan predicted but it's, I would not be totally that, shocked like- like obviously like No My Land is dominating, but it hasn't been able to pull Francis into like a big win yet. Right. You know? So we'll see it sag. I mean, like I definitely think I mean we had all said like uh Viola Davis would win SAG for a long time. That, that seems like that has not gonna happen. Yeah, she so. was just like a very early front runner because right. I think it was when people thought she was winning the Oscar and obviously she's a SAG favorite because she won five right. in like six years or something. Exactly. So, so but yeah. You know, I, I think that's, that that movie has just become the Chadwick Boseman show and it didn't make Best Picture. So, I mean, I, she, she could win SAG, I guess. I mean, I think the only person we can rule out is Amy Adams, but watch her pull in Emily Blunt now. So. That would, no, that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other race then that we could talk about is supporting actress, which again is just like uh, chaos. A chaos still. Uh, every one of the, every single nominee has a vote. A, from the experts at Gold Derby, including Amanda Seyfried I think and Olivia like the Coleman. Only category where that's true. <laughs> yes, it seems like it is. I, I'm look. I'm just scrolling quickly. It doesn't seem like any other categories have as every uh, every nominee. Every nominee. Some have four, for, you know, but like not. Yeah, no, uh, and I I don't think Amanda Seyfried is going to pull it off, even though I think she's no, quite I'm good. Sorry, yeah, it's it's. So I, who are you? Who do you got for there still? I think I I think I still have uh, uh, Yoon Jung. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's still number one, right? She is, and I have her also. Uh, yeah. And it seems like Sohara and Maria Bakalova are like kind of rising, and then Glenn Close 
right there, same amount of, so three experts have Maria Bakalova and Glenn Close, but I don't think either one of them are going to be able to pull it off. I, so, I mean, like, like Carrie, I think Glenn also needs SAG, um, um, but I don't know, like, this race is so lawless that I could just see, like, one person winning each award, you know, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think she could just win because she's, like, Glenn Close, and people remember that she just lost two years ago to the same mm -hmm. person against who she's nominated <laughs> this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, well, so let's talk about WGA the other day. Yes. When adapted, which I switched to from when I in Miami after it got snubbed, uh, in Best Picture. Very <laughs> so. smart. I, we, we were saying, I think we were saying this in a meeting the other day, but man, Borat was really close was to a Best ninth. Picture. Probably ninth. Yeah, I think it was. It was definitely right there. I think there is a huge amount of goodwill for Borat. So I could see... Uh, Maria, yeah, I can see Maria like, winning. Maria? I like. I think she can win SAG. Like, it's very populist. And so. also, it's like, I mean, you know, again, like if we're going to talk about like the year and if if Oscars are representative of the year in film, uh, you know, the biggest stories of the last like fifteen months in it during this coronavirus pandemic and the incredibly long Oscar season, like Maria Bakalova is definitely one of the biggest stories, right? Like her discovery and that movie. Uh, were like humongously especially in a year where there's not a lot of like blockbusters like this felt that felt like a blockbuster I think in the way it was like kind of everybody was talking about it so I could see them be, like I could see people being like oh you know we gotta vote for her because she it's just such a it's like such a no-brainer in that regard but I don't know I still don't know if it could happen but I guess we'll see I don't know I mean it would just be the first win of that kind so, yes, like, I can't even, what would it even be comparable to? Maybe like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, I guess, like, for like a straight out comedy. Like, yeah, comedies, like her. Right. Like, but like, I, I, I don't think she would have made it this far if it weren't for that Juliana scene. Juliana. No, I, I don't think so at all. But I yeah. think, and I think that like, I guess if I'm like critiquing the perform, like the performance is incredible because it just is like, how does she not, break, break and those it's just it's, and yeah. it's like to think that I, the thing I keep going back to is like they just had one for that especially they just had one shot right you're not going to get to like you know like some of the when they're going to like when she goes into like a dress shop or like when they're doing even the even the babysitter uh Jeansy Jones right I believe was her name uh you know if if that ends up being botched or something goes wrong there those are regular people that no one's heard of they could have just done gone to another you know like logistically who knows but it's like if she botches a scene in the dress shop, they could just go to another dress shop, right? Like, it's like, there's no, there's no, the, the, there's a little bit of a net, even if, like, even if there's not really. It, with the Giuliani scene, that's it. They got one shot and to have it, like, and it's like the key point of the movie. I, it's just an incredible, that is an incredible performance. So I, I mean, I would yeah, love like for her to still, win. It's, it's acting because she's right. a great character, you know? Right. Like, and yeah and like she held it like even when like Sasha comes in so and I, I think the I other think thing that's what, yeah. like puts it above like your average kind of mockumentary performance you know exactly and the other thing is I think like he's you know Sasha Baron Cohen at, again comedy performances and comedy in general never really rates at the Oscars so like I think I say this with like a big grain of salt but I think he is pretty acknowledged as like one of the best comedy actors and certainly like improviser and like being able to think on his feet as a comedy performer like working like I think if you talk like like a, if you ask like you know Seth Rogen or somebody like a comedy act an actor known for comedy they would say like oh Sasha Baron Cohen is like the, the greatest example of this 
Uh, and she kind of matches him every scene and also like outdoes him in a way that I think like he even seems surprised by at times when you watch it. Uh, and I just think that like alone makes her like, it's such an incredible performance. I'm talking myself into picking her, but I guess- I mean, she's I the only think, one of the five who hit everything, so. Like, I still, I don't think, I guess I'm just, again, because like, I'm, I'm like docking it because it's a comedy and it just seems like, how could this win? But, you know, maybe it will. That said, if, like, if I can see her winning BAFTA, like both SAG and BAFTA. So if she wins SAG and BAFTA, then obviously I'll have to put her in as winning the Oscar. It's but still, I guess it's so crazy that she lost the Globe. <laughs> in it's the pretty wild industry. that she lost the Globe. I can't even believe that. But she was in the wrong category. So I mean, like I love Rosamund Pike and I care a lot, but it, it's still crazy that <laughs> like they, they submitted her there. Like I don't, the Globes didn't move her, so it's no, yeah. they submitted her in lead. But I think, um, I guess if, if, if Yu Young Young doesn't win, then what does Minari win? Nothing. There's a bunch of movies that could win nothing. <laughs> I, I have a hard, I mean, like, so like Judas and the Black Messiah would win one for uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Sound of Metal could win two. Yeah. Uh, none for Chicago 7 and, and then possibly none for Minari. Yeah, one so for Promising a Woman. So the, the and the Father. Yeah, The Father, Judas, Minotti, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and Trial Chicago 7. Those have so like half of those could win none. Yeah. And Mank, I think uh, it, it'll probably win production design, so I won't get Irishman. <laughs> it could win production design, but let's take a look. I mean, like, I, I still, I have a winning there as well, but I don't know, Ma Rainey, I mean, like, everyone has a winning there. It's like 15 to 15 experts. I could just, I mean, I guess we'll see. I, I think Ma Rainey could compete there, but like you said, without the Best Picture nomination, it kind of maybe is just Chadwick and I may, and perhaps the makeup. Yeah, and I then I don't know. Win. I don't know how how people think about like how many sets there are, but like, you know, Ma Rainey, it's like upstairs right. downstairs. <laughs> and then yeah. the streets outside. So Manko win one, but yeah, a lot of movies that could win none. That is, uh, but I just, I, I guess... I like I've said this multiple times. I, sometimes I have a hard time believing that a movie that everybody really likes will win none. But then like Lady Bird didn't win any, Irishman didn't win any, obviously. So it's like you maybe Minari doesn't win any. And that's it. It just gets its six nominations and goes home. And Maria Bakalova is an Oscar winner. <laughs> so when Netflix <laughs> premieres Borat. that Yeah, when Netflix <laughs> when Netflix premieres that uh Judd Apatow movie about the comics in a bubble, they can promote it with an Oscar winner, Maria Bakalova. You know, oh, you, you know, you know, Marvel already has like Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao ready for the Eternals. Trailer. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they're also probably trying to cast, uh, you know, Marie Bakalova in something, maybe. Who knows? Phase, phase or, five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, uh, yeah, the, and everything. I mean, like the other one we need to talk about was uh, Promising Young Woman and Chicago 7 original screenplay. Uh, Emerald Fennel, like you said, won at the WGA. Uh, we all predicted that, I think, and I think she's going to kind of cruise through to win Best Original Screenplay, but I I could see Sorkin sneaking it in, but I think even Aaron Sorkin, you know, in, if you asked him in private, maybe would say he doesn't expect to win. I, I go back to his Golden Globe speech. He won uh, he that. Speech. <laughs> he gave his Oscar speech at the Golden Globes, and he also spoke like a person who expected not to speak again during award season. Uh, if you recall, he had a nice group of people in his, uh, you know, his pod of people seemed like in his family like and assistants. They're all dressed up in his in lovely uh, living room. And he gave a best director slash I'm not going to get to do this again speech. 
So, and it was great. He, he shouted out, uh, you know, Emerald and Chloe and, and Regina King uh, as, as female directors that his daughter was looking up to. And he, you know, he gave credit to, uh, you know, the people behind Chicago 7 and everything. And it was a nice speech. And I just think like that was it. That was the extent of probably his speechifying this award season. Yeah, like, I mean, I think Emerald's going to win BAFTA as well. This is kind of just a mirror, or not mirror, I think it's like a repeat of last year um when you know like globe favorites like quentin tarantino and aaron sorkin won their one screenplay category and they both have they share the record three wins in the category and then you know it was parasite and now maybe promising moment the rest of the way right yeah i, I could see that happening for sure and that's it and we have a month and that's a great oscars i guess the, quickly about the oscars did we talk about uh the show itself so no host it seems like no host they, and no Zoom uh, as no a Zoom. and everyone is very, very angry. <laughs> right. So I, I like the idea of no Zoom, but I understand the critiques of it because a lot of people who are coming from international places aren't even able to because of the travel restrictions. Now, yeah. I guess we'll see if that ends up being, again, the Oscars are not for another month. Things seem to change pretty rapidly. So who knows, by the time the Oscars happen, maybe Emerald Fennel will be able to come from She's like London. going to swim the Atlantic. <laughs> right. But maybe by, who knows? I mean, maybe like they'll say like two weeks, like, oh, you know, you could try. I, I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. So that's probably why. But I, I just have a hard time believing they're going to have an Oscars with Emerald, without Emerald Fennel there, especially when she's favored to win. Uh, it yeah, just would be just, peculiar. I, I understand they want people there. And I guess like that letter, it's, it sort of reads like an ultimatum. Like, come. Yeah. like I mean, obviously it's not going to change whether they win or not. Because right. like the producers aren't picking the winners. Right. But, like it's, I think it's an incentive for them to come, but then it's just like every single country has different like lockdown restrictions and quarantine rules. And I, like the UK, I think they just have, they just started a new one today that lasts until like May 17th because they have variants there. And like, you can't leave un unless it's like essential business or work. And I don't know, is, is the Oscars? <laughs> I mean, I will say like, if I could, if it's it, like if tangential it, to work, but it's I get the feeling that they'll make exceptions based on how, uh, based on so how things have gone. Like working, so then it's like, they have to leave like the bubble and then like quarantine when they get to LA. And then after, you know, one night there, they go back to set, but they have to quarantine before getting on set. So it's like logistically and financially, it's it's a nightmare, you know? So yeah, I, I'm sure they're gonna make some concessions. I get that, I bet you they will, but I think they're gonna end up, I think the concessions are gonna be like, they'll make an exception for Emerald. I just think like the way the world works, they're gonna just be like, I mean, we're like, gonna make exceptions for these people. Zoom. Like the, people are still gonna go, like especially right. like, people who live in LA or like in right. the US like of course they're still gonna be in like union station it's just let the people who are not in the country zoom <laughs> right so the other thing i'll be curious too is like so no host i read one of the things i read was like it's gonna be like they're gonna kind of think of it like a movie did you read that that the direct like they hired glenn weiss uh, to yeah. direct and the idea was like it's gonna be like a movie now i the, i i'll be very curious to see how that whole thing works i have no idea i can't even imagine it i remember when uh Soderbergh got hired as a producer he's producing this year with uh and then he people. let them use that like incredible Sergeant Pepper outfit yeah awesome uh but I remember looking back at old interviews he did and like a couple years ago he did one about the Oscars and his idea was to make it much more like a a seated kind of like Golden Globesy 
kind of like throwback thing instead of like an auditorium. So I think like having it's a union, union station. So. Right. So I think like doing it there and like having like people at tables is interesting. They're going to have Questlove be like the DJ, I guess. Like he's the music director. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, yeah I'll be curious to see who even shows up. Yeah, well, I, I assume like most like American nominees will be there. Frances McDormand show up. I hope she actually doesn't because I kind of love like when they've like every award show so far, like they've been using the same shot of her from Nomadland. <laughs> yes. Like the five. So it, it'll be kind of, I mean, like she doesn't really need to if she doesn't think she's going to win actress. And, you know, she's one of the producers, but like I, I feel like she'll just let like Chloe, you know, give the speech when it wins that. Yeah. Movie. I guess we'll see. If, I think if she wins SAG, that'll increase her option, her opportunity to show up, I would say, because I think she, yeah. then she maybe will win. Yeah, but the <laughs> so. other thing is, like, in that letter that they, the producers wrote, it's like, they had, like, a dress code, and, like, you don't tell Frances McDormand how to dress. Like, she has no. dress for these shows, but she's also more, like, flip-flops. Too. Also, that surprised me, because, like you said, uh, Steven Soderbergh is dressed as Sergeant Pepper in, like, all his... I know. Uh, things. I so like, I was, like, I would like, wonder, though, I would love to know who is responsible for what part of that... Uh, producer's letter. I feel I like think... all the parentheticals were Steven. <laughs> yes. And I don't think like, uh, yeah, I can't imagine the dress code would be very important to him. I don't know. I think like people also like from a fashion standpoint, uh, the more like the, like the biggest fashion win of like this year was like uh, Jason Sudeikis's hoodie, right? Okay. Probably yeah. at the, at the Golden Globes. Everyone just wore like... that hoodie to the Oscars. <laughs> right. I'm just like, you know, that that's kind of like the, the buy people are going for right now. So I don't know. We'll see. But and I, yeah. So, uh, so Nomadland again. I feel like we end this every week, every week with the Nomadland, same. Congratulations to Nomadland, and congratulations again to Chloe Zhao. <laughs> uh, next week we have the well, next weekend. This weekend nothing. The next weekend SAG Awards. So at least we'll have more stuff to to, to expect to talk about uh, in the coming coming days. But uh, Joyce is always fun. Thanks again. See ya. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.